This is Carl Darge saying, welcome to Geezers and Gurus on HVAC. How's that one? And thank you, Anchor, for uh, giving me a place to uh, put my uh, podcast up. I am sitting here today. It's a Sunday, the first Sunday of the national lockdown, 30 days for the coronavirus. That's really important. There's a lot of people who are scared. I would say around 80% of all the people in the United States have forced air something in their house, whether it's a central air conditioning system or whether it is a heating system. We are going to talk today about viruses growing in those systems or having those systems destroy the viruses that are in your house. We're going to talk about mold. We're going to talk about uh, humidity levels. And I think this is going to be a really good podcast for all of that. I am a forensics investigator, and I think you've heard that before. But before I was a forensics investigator for carbon monoxide poisonings, I installed whole house permanent clean air systems and mold mitigation lawsuits. I worked with uh, Jim Partridge, who is a forensics uh, engineer, uh, who used to be with the mold remediation. We used to get houses that were moldy, and I'll talk to you a little bit how they got that way and what was going on. And uh, the new codes, again, we'll go back to the codes that are required as of today because of what happened there, because of the mold. And here's another little thing that you probably didn't know. It used to be at that time that if you had mold remediation, I have seen where they have come and taken off the whole roof and uh, insulation and everything, everything from the ceiling up and replaced it all because it's moldy. Those days are gone. Your insurance companies now only have a $5,000 mold remediation limited payout. That's why you don't hear about mold remediation anymore because there's no money in it. For $5,000, you can't remediate anything. So we're going to go through this step by step, and we're going to look at what we did to stop that, and we're going to talk about uh, mold is a spore, as you know, and, and they're everywhere, and they can grow anywhere, in, even on glass, with the right temperature, humidity, and what have you. We are going to talk about the new coronavirus that's uh, out there, and you have flu viruses, and you have all these other viruses. I'm going to t- talk to you about a device that I used to put on when I was putting uh, furnaces on. I never did it on every job, I will say that. I did a lot of them, but they were usually for specialized things when people had asthma or something or are very sensitive to mold. And that is a UV light, but it's a certain type of UV light, and it has to be positioned in a certain place for it to actually activate. These UV lights actually came out to, uh, to save us from another thing called Legionnaire's disease. We'll talk about where that grew and why it grew and what the difference is now. And you might be surprised at the little difference and change and why you haven't heard about it, but it is kind of interesting as part of it. Okay, so at this point, where do we begin? We're going to begin with a little quote from a movie. This is at the end of the movie, and a guy is dying, and he says this. I've seen so many things, like a starship on fire off the shoulders of Orion. All those moments will be lost in time. Like tears. 
end of this podcast, I'll tell you what movie that's from, if you haven't figured it out by then. It's always been my favorite few lines in that movie. And uh, we're going to get on to this whole discussion. All of these things started coming about. Let's take a real close look at all this. Your mother, your father, their old furnaces that you used to have in your basements, uh, all of this stuff, uh, was n- people didn't have that many germs. Or did they? We don't know. We don't know because there was no way of telling. People died, and we couldn't tell you if they died from mold in their house or from a virus that's living there or what they had. So today's a different world. Back in, I do believe it was the 70s, when uh, all of these gentlemen got sick at American Legion Hall. The investigators checked everything, the food, the air, uh, the bathrooms, anything you can think of. And then they got to the heating and cooling equipment that was on the roof. Now, you have to remember, this is old style, um, and so it, uh, we'll talk about why it won't happen today. Uh, they found that in the air conditioning coil pans where the condensate water would drip out, which is all part of air conditioning, and every air conditioning unit does this, whether it's a through-the-wall unit or a central unit in your house or in a great big building. They all do this. They catch the humidity if that falls out of the air. It's condensed out of the air. Now, uh, what happens with that is, is it runs out to a drain and is gone. But in the old days, they used to have huge drain pans, and they were metal, and a lot of times coated with tar. And um, depending on how filthy the uh, filters were that these things were working on, they would collect. Things would collect in that water. There was a lot of water they collected in there. And that's where this grew. And then it's obviously spread into the building from there. So, now what did they do about it? Well, uh, the pans today are totally different. 90% of them today are plastic. Commercial uh, rooftop units are usually uh, steel or stainless steel, and they are round-cornered. They don't hold stuff in them anymore. They're very easy to clean. It actually started a new business for commercial HVAC industry, which is coil cleaning. Coil cleaning wasn't done before that, but everybody wanted to get their coils clean. And while they were doing the inside one, they would do the outside one. With the energy crisis in the 70s uh, looming, we had to start insulating our houses better. So everybody started adding attic insulation, and things were going along pretty good until until problems started to arise. A problem problems arose because uh, before that it was not required by law to take dryer vents, bathroom vents, uh, kitchen exhaust vents all the way through the roof and outside. That was an issue and they were dumping their their humidity and that into the attic. This caused major problems once you started to insulate the attics because uh, before you had plenty of heat coming off the house uh, before the insulation was put in and that heat would mix with all of these fumes and rise up and go out the roof fence. It was never a problem. But once you start to insulate and you lose the heat source, which is a big heat source because, hey, we're saving money now, and we could really save a lot of money by putting in 18 to 20 inches of insulation, which was done. But the other part of that was is that that changed the temperatures and things in the attic. So the reality is we started to get the moisture from all of these things to condensate on the underside of the roof within the attic. 
that was a real big issue because for the first time it gave the mold a place to grow and something to grow with which was the moisture on the wood and I had actually seen attics that had frost under the whole underside of the roof and almost icicles dripping from the nails from the shingles coming down that's how bad it was and so that's improper ventilation thus the HV the V part of the HVAC so that's uh, now it is code to take all of these things past the building envelope so that means it has to be outside well that's very good so now we do that so we have more insulation and we're taking the vents out so what else happened well we also got mold from um, in building up in between the walls and everything from improper attic ventilation that was another big thing that just like I can't tell you how bad it was. It was terrible. People were actually getting sick. This stuff, your attic was like black with all of this stuff. They have a way of killing it with uh, CO2 and some other things, but it's not pretty. And it's very expensive. So that was the vents on your eaves and the vents on the top of your roof. All of that, you have to have that proper air circulation in there because here, past your insulation in your attic, everything above... <coughs> your insulation in your attic should be relatively the same temperature as the outside air. If it is not, that's when you're going to get condensation and things growing and not working. If it is relatively the same as the outside air, that means you have enough flow of air through that space to maintain that. Let's fast forward a little bit and problems occurred with this venting going all the way through in the insulation. It turns out that we had to insulate the vent pipe going up to the roof because that would uh, get cold in the attic now and the moist air would condensate inside the pipe and flow back downstairs. So they had us insulate all of that pipe. Now I'm going to tell you one of my biggest secrets that I've had in the business. There is a non-energy using device that can lower your attic temperatures by 10 to 15 degrees in the summertime. It is an ancient thing. It was used in the late 1800s, and I can still show you some that were put in in the 1920s that are still running on old, uh, how should I say, power stations and that that are local in the neighborhoods. If you ask somebody about power venting your attic because it's too hot, this is the device without power that will work year-round, um, it never needs replacing, never will wear out. It's a turbine. It's a funny little things that used to run on the top of the roof and just spin with the wind. Well, those things work like a champ. The house that I'm in right now and the house that I moved out of both had them. I worked in uh, different cities and office buildings where they have the, uh, the ductwork is running through the attic and the attic is extremely hot. I put a few of these on. There's a problem that they were living with since the building was built. 20 years ago was taken care of in less than a day. You have to understand, there are, and this is not an energy-saving device by the government. You will not see it in any government books, or, or, or they'll say, gee, this is a great thing, use this. They'll tell you about ventilation, they'll tell you about all kinds of things. Since it doesn't use energy, it can't save energy. So getting past that, it just works, and it works really, really well. The ridge vents seems to be the big thing today, and we all know what those look like. 
That works really good until the first though six inch snowfall you have and it covers it up. Now you've trapped the air in your attic until it melts off on that ridge. And so that means you gotta build enough heat up in your attic to melt the snow away from it so it, it does it. I do not like to think that those things uh, work very well. I know what I've seen the material it's made out of and uh, in my opinion you can do much better with the turbine. And you wouldn't even need the roof vents at all, none at all. So that's a good, no penetration, it's just a turbine. Now let's not forget another star point in all of this too. One of the things we found out about all of this, okay, we just made the house tighter, more insulation, all this nice stuff put in there. And this sets your house up for another disaster. And we had one case where this child was very sick. He used to spend three weeks every month in the hospital uh, on breathing treatments because he had asthma so bad. So after we got done doing a few things in his house, and this is one of them, uh, I went back to check on him to make sure that everything was okay after a month or so because they were neighbors too. And uh, I talked to the lady and she says, oh, he's doing fine now. He gets one shot every month and there's no problem. It's the first time that he's been breathing and doing fine. So what is this magic? It's called fresh air. Every house needs to have a certain amount of air coming into it, fresh air, controlled. So that means that you need to have a, a duct straight to the outside, that is by coat, for a few years now. And if your house hasn't been built in the last 20 years, you don't have this. And this needs to be done. Stale air in your house is the worst thing you can do because you just insulated it, you've put in great windows, you're not leaking anymore, and now you turn on the kitchen exhaust fan, the clothes dryer, the bathroom uh, fans, all of that is ducted outside, and uh, who knows what else, but the point being is, is every time you take air out of your house, it has to come in. So it will do what it has to. If there is no other way possible for air to come in, then your chimney acts as a fresh air intake. You will be backdrafting down your chimney to your furnace or through the hot water tank diverter on the top of your hot water tank. And that can cause a carbon monoxide poisoning issue. 90% furnaces have the plastic pipe going outside and of course they'll take their air from outside too if you have a tube pipe system. A 90% um, furnace should always be tube piped. It should never be pulling the air from inside of the house because there is a real issue when you do that, especially if you do it uh, near your laundry room. Your laundry detergents off-gas a certain amount of chlorine, and when that happens and mixes with the uh, condensate created by your 90% furnace, you will form an acid, and that acid will eat out your furnace heat exchanger. So you need to have uh, both pipes to go outside. There is a real science to all of this, and after having these lawsuits and seeing uh, the, the, what's happened to people in their homes and how they got sick, hospitalized, or even died, this is uh, very important. You have to understand that the people who do the science on healthy homes through mold remediation, for all of this stuff that they do, the reason why you have mold growing in the inside of your house is the stagnant air and and moisture that's uh, caught in places that shouldn't be there and you're not ventilating correctly. This is all done for a reason to keep your house healthy. Now we're going to get down to viruses and uh, and that means a flu virus, that means a coronavirus, 
that's what we're talking about and that's what if you want to destroy it there is a way and you need a UV light a UV light that is rated as a class 2 medical device not all of them are and you have to make sure that you get one that is if it is one that you are going to insert in your equipment the best place to put it is in the supply plenum inside the coil. The coil is usually a, a V-shaped thing, an A-shaped coil. If you have that, that's where you should put it. You want this light to not only get to the coil, but to the pan too, so that it, everything is clean. You would be surprised how clean everything is if that light is put in the coil especially where I'm telling you to put it, because even if dust or dirt gets past the filters, the light will destroy a lot of it. The light also destroys, if you've got a real UV light, off-gassing, it destroys a lot of gases, it destroys a lot of things, odors and other things, and it's what the hospitals use uh, to make sure that their surgical rooms are clean and germ-free. And now we move on to humidity. Humidity is extremely important to your house. If you're living in a house right now and it's, it's winter time, okay, you're locked in there near your yard during the day, and you look around and say, gee, this place is dusty. That's, uh, and you would be living in the northern climates most likely. But it gets dusty everywhere. You know why it gets dusty? You know why there's dust in the air? There's dust in the air because the air is dry. If you have enough humidity in your air, there's very little to no dust at all. And the reason for that is, is as these little flakes just fly around your house, the little tiny pieces of dust, which are natural to have in a home. It's natural to have outside, too. Um, and those little particles will attach themselves to the moisture molecules in the humidity in the air, and they drop out. So you don't notice them, you don't see them. So, what is, and I said it did that outside, and yeah, we call that when enough of them collect rain or snow. That's how that's made. So let's talk about the proper humidity levels in your house. The Consumer's Product Safety Commission, which we've heard of, recommends humidity levels between 30 and 50 percent in your house. Most people in the wintertime, they're lucky to get uh, 30, 25 to 30 percent, while the Environmental Protection Agency says the humidity should be between 30 and 60 percent to reduce the growth of harmful molds and it will also limit the growth of viruses. It is so it is very important to get this proper humidity in your home. Now how can you use the UV lights and, and uh, a filter too? Get away from the fiberglass filters and you use a pleated filter. The five inch pleated filters are the best you can get for your home. They're available everywhere. And that's something that every house should have. And don't even think about the, the little one-inch ones because you might as well just not have one. And one-inch ones just slow things down a bit. And people say, oh, I got a 3M filter. One of the problems that we found in the industry with the 3M filters is they are exactly as good as they say they are. And that's an issue. The 3M one-inch filters that say they're a real high MRF and they really clean out the air, they also restrict the air. 
and will cause issues is air conditioning and with heating. Heating will cause an overheating of the heat exchanger, so your furnace is what we call riding limit. And then uh, air conditioning, the restriction will cause the coil to freeze up. So either one of those things is not good. I'm not saying there's anything against the 3M. I'm just saying it works sometimes too well. When I was still in business, I was putting in the Tryon right angle air bears. I liked them very much because the right angle kept the uh, insulation footprint small. And I would like the, uh, the air bears because it gives you a 20 by 25 filter and a small space. It is also not pushed against the casing of the furnace. So it allows a freer airflow through that entire filter before it gets to the opening on the furnace. And that also acts almost as a turning vane as the air comes down because that's the way it's shaped. It, the whole filter gets used under the, it's different than the, uh, uh, like if you put a 20 by 25 on a normal furnace today, uh, half the filter wouldn't even be at the opening. The last piece we have to talk about is air movement. Well, I said all of this stuff is available for forced air. If you have hot water or steam, uh, there's other alternatives, but they're not good. But if you do have forced air, whether it's a heating or air conditioning, you need to have that air moving all the time. You will never achieve the type of humidity levels that you actually need unless your blower is running all the time. And you will not get the cleaning and the air movement and the use of the UV light and the filtration unless the air is moving all the time. Uh, off and on, a little bit here, a little bit there, it's not going to work. You can let your heating or cooling come on, off and on, but the blower should run continuously. To do this uh, on new equipment, uh, stuff made in the last 10 years, most manufacturers have what they call a continuous airflow switch in the furnace or some way of turning it on. I just checked that on a few models that I was working on, some project where the guy says, no, I don't think they got that. Well, I'll read the instructions, they're there. That's part of it. If you have an old PC motor, to, the ones with the capacitors on there, which is normally what everybody has because... Uh, they got the cheapest price. So when you get the cheapest price, you get the cheapest motor. The uh, ECM motors that are coming out today, they even have replacement motors for your present equipment. And I did a lot of those, and they work very, very well. And why use the ECM motors? Because it uses 80% less electric. And it has built into every one of them a continuous airflow feature. So that while you're putting that in, You'll get your continuous airflow at a very low rate. The flow is there. You can't really hear the furnace running it. For ultimate filtration, there is a HEPA filter. The one that I used was Pure Air, and it had a carbon filter as well. Pure Air is a uh, set next to your heating cooling unit, and it has its own blower, so you duct it in and out of it, and it uh, really works very well. One of the last things that we normally don't think about is your duct system, both the supply and return. If they run through the attic, you have to make sure that they are really sealed tight. You don't need any of that either leaving or coming in that way. If it's in the basement, it should also be sealed too. There are companies that will do that, and you can do it yourself if you want to see how that can be done. Check out my videos on Let's Really Teach HVAC. Uh, we have one on that, and we have the follow-up video on it um, coming up, too, on the results of all well, this ceiling. So 
the um, what I'm saying to you is, is there's things you can do. There's things you're going to have to have a contractor do unless you're pretty handy. So th there's some decisions to be made, and you have to look at your system to find out what has to be done. Uh, duct sealing can be done by anybody. It's not doesn't have to be done by a professional, but there's two types of duct sealing. Uh, professional ones, there's a, a companies out there that do it internally. If you want to see how that's done and what the results would be, like typical on your house, because this, I have this all on film, and then it's on Let's Really Teach HVAC. I have seen the problems through all the lawsuits and the insurance mitigations and all the things that we had to go through in times past. All I can say is what I've told you here. I've tried to tell you everything that's out there from uh, the least expensive to the most expensive. You have to make your choice and if you want to really get your house clean, make a list. You might have to look around for somebody that can do all of this, but Pure Air, just look at it uh, up online. The information is there and they're a really good company. Small guys do great work. And uh, Tryon, Air Bear, the right angles, that's not the only one. General filters may come too with the right angles and they're made very well too. I have used many of them. There are good products out there, humidifiers, um, Honeywell, April Air, general humidifiers. You need to find something in your area that you can get parts for easily. Down south, obviously, this changes a little bit because you're not going to need so much a humidifier to control humidity as you're going to have your correct air conditioning. And uh, there are controls for that, for humidity control. All, everything in your area, you got to, you need the parameters, and you need to find a, a contractor, or, or if you need more information on this, you can even contact uh, us through dargefilms at gmail.com with your questions, and we'll either do a podcast on them, or I'll give you information and email back. A final note on this error that you need to get in and out of your house. As of January 1st, 2019, it is required by code now for an air changer to be put in every new building. So if you're having your equipment changed or something is happening in that order, you should look into having that installed as well. It, you cannot lose. You will say, well, that's expensive. I don't want to put out. The reality is, if you want a healthy home, if you want your family healthy, if you want to do all do this and have all of this happen, you have to do everything. You can't just do part of this. The air changers are a wonderful thing. I've been putting them in for 20 or 30 years. I have used air changers in indoor swimming pools that needed uh, humidity control, and it worked very well. From the top of your roof to your equipment and everything on the inside of your house, proper ventilation is a key, proper humidity is a key, proper filtration is a key, Proper airflow is a key. Airflow is extremely important to maintain proper levels of everything in your house, humidity and, and clean air and all of that. Um, it also, uh, the airflow will help in the wintertime if you're in northern climates. If you keep that airflow going, you won't get as much frost upon your windows. So all of this is there for you. I, I try to give you the right products and everything. You can go online. Everything I've mentioned here is available, should be available locally. Right here I'm going to mention uh, thermostats and uh, why I haven't brought them up. Uh, we all know that setback thermostats uh, work and save energy, uh, both heating and cooling. 
but the uh, new ones, there are some that have uh, humidistats built into them. So if you're doing this, you need to coordinate the two. Uh, I do like the April Air Digital Humidistat. I, I've been using it quite regularly. I use it uh, when somebody doesn't have a digital humidistat and we want to make the humidifier work better. The, the April Air Digital Humidistat installed takes a lot of wiring to do it, but it's all there right at your furnace with the outdoor sensor needed to be installed too. All these products work very well, but they don't scrub your house, clean your house, and you can have wild parties and think that there's not going to be any germs around and you're not going to get sick. You still have to use uh, uh, sane precautions, you know, just like they say, wash your hands, don't put your hands to your face. And on that note, I'll tell you, it helps to work in a very dirty business like I have all of my life. I've learned never to put my hands to my face because my hands used to be so filthy that I would be tracking dirt all over it. You can stay safe in your house, have a clean environment. You will notice the difference in a lot of different things when you, all of these things are installed. And your house will be much cleaner. You'll be healthier. At that, I'm going to say thank you again to Anchor, who has helped immensely to get this out to you. And on their, uh, go to anchor.com to get information if you're interested in doing a podcast. It's very easy to set this up. And I highly, highly recommend them. And again, thank you, Anchor. So this is Carl Darge saying goodbye for now. Until the next podcast, Darge did it.